Welcome to the People's War Radio Show. I'm Dr. Matsumela Odom. And I'm Mwambi Tangu. Uhuru means freedom in Swahili, and freedom is on our minds 24-7. On July 7th, Jovenel Moise, the president of Haiti, was assassinated at his home in Petionville. His wife, Martine Moise, was critically injured in the attack and was transported to the United States for emergency medical care. Moise's presidency had been marked by mass protests and political crises. Still, his assassination came as a sudden surprise to many. The assassination of Jovenel Moise is not an isolated incident. It is instead part of a series of events that reflects the deepening crisis of colonial capitalism. From Haiti to South Africa to Eswatini, formerly known as Swaziland, the African working class has risen up. On today's episode of the People's War Radio Show, we bring you excerpts from a July 12, 2021 webinar entitled Haiti, Global Black Revolution organized by the African People's Socialist Party, APSP, to address the current situation. For listeners who would like to watch the entire webinar, it can be found on the Burning Spear TV channel on YouTube. First, we'll hear from Elikia Ngoma. Her family is from Haiti, and Elikia is the Haiti editor for the Burning Spear newspaper. On Wednesday, July 7th, 2021, at approximately 1 a.m., Haiti President Jovenel Moise was assassinated at his residency and his wife, Martine Moise, was left in critical condition. The news came as a shock to the world, especially to the people of IET, even those who had been demanding that he step down from office, as well as those of us who recognized him as a puppet of the white power imperialists and ruling class. Um, you know, even we were caught off guard um, by this news there immediately began to be a lot of questions raised about this assassination. Who did it and why? Uh, who would have access to his house? Where was security? Was security in on it? How did anybody find out? Who took Martine to the hospital? And perhaps the biggest question of them all was, given that in October of 2019, Jovenel began to rule by decree, and on January 13, 2020, Jovenel Moise announced his dissolvement of the Parliament of Haiti, also given that Jovenel previously uh, fired the Prime Minister, and two days before his assassination, he uh, appointed a new Prime Minister who had not officially taken office, who now runs the country. There were also questions raised about the day itself. How will the people react? What about the gangs? What is Port-au-Prince in particular like right now? And what's next for Haiti? Um, and then after that, you know, we started to receive a bunch of inconsistent, you know, so-called details about the assassination. And at one point, it was a mission carried out by about 29 Colombian mercenaries, perhaps even mercenaries that Jovenel brought into the country himself. And over the next few days, just different um, lies were being said, uh, lies about that there was chaos in the country when that had not been true. Uh, the country was pretty much still and quiet, even the, the streets of Port-au-Prince, which normally is full of a lot of resistance and protests that we have seen over the past uh, few years, um, as well as lies about the need for the United States and the United Nations peacekeepers uh, to come into the country to keep stability. 
Former Haiti President Jovenel Moïse was the presidential candidate of the Parti Haitien Tetkale, PHTK, which means Haitian ball-headed party, whose campaign included uh, promoting him as the banana man, who was going to do good for Haiti by reigniting our economy via agriculture and other production that previously sustained us, as well as promises of things that the people of Haiti should already have, such as decent roads and 24-hour electricity. Um, despite his campaign and, and the promotion of him as like the saint that was going to save everybody, he only received 32.8% of the popular vote in the preliminary rounds of the election against another candidate who only received 25%. And despite neither of the candidates receiving at least 50% of the vote, which is required to move on, Jovenel was able to move on to the second round of the election. That presidential election only resulted in a registered voter turnout of 21%. So with a voter registration of 21%, you know, that's a statement to how Africans in Haiti saw that election anyway. So in the actual election, he received 6% of the vote and was declared president based on his 32% um, in the first round. His presidency was protested against by the people of IAT from the very beginning. Without going into much uh, redundant detail, some of which can be found in my articles for the Burning Spirit newspaper, long story short is that Jovenel Moïse was a neo-colonial leader and a representative of white power in blackface, which is one of the ways that the African People's Socialist Party um, defines neo-colonialism in a simpler kind of way. He was not a martyr, uh, nor did he die for the country as some petty bourgeois forces in and out of Haiti are beginning to characterize him. Um, there has been much speculation as to why Jovenel would be assassinated, including alleged internal pro, uh, problems within the PHTK. You know, it has been generally assumed by most people that the United States was involved in the assassination, and it could be for a number of reasons, including that, you know, sometimes um, the, the imperialists use you, and then once you're not useful anymore, they just do what they have to do with you. So, you know, today there has been a mixed response, at least after the first day, about how we should feel about the assassination of Jovenel Moïse, and that um, as people from Haiti or as Haitians, that we should still be mourning because he was, quote, still our president. You know, this is, um, this, he was somebody's husband, he was somebody's father, three kids now have no father. So, you know, we should be humane and um, feel sorry for, for his assassination, especially the way he died, you know, because they really brutalized him. But we understand that in the struggle against oppression, there is no sympathy for any oppressive forces. As um, enslaved people or as oppressed people, as colonized people, it's not in our interest to feel any kind of sympathy when a colonizer or a neo-colonizer or any kind of puppet dies because they are here to keep us in oppression. They are here to keep us colonized. They are here to keep us um, oppressed. They are the extension of white power in our communities, in our countries. So there's questions about, you know, uh, he should have just been arrested and uh, they even those who wanted to see him out of power would have just would have just preferred if he was not arrested but taken to court and tried and 
you know, um, all the money that he has sold and all the all the lies that he has told the people that he betrayed the just way, the principled way, um, which we know that that is still a statement of putting your faith in this system. You know, you're talking about in Haiti where or in anybody in anywhere, but I'm talking about Haiti specifically where you have hundreds of thousands of African people who are in prisons who have never seen a judge at all because they've sold somebody's chickens or goats or cows. They have not seen any kind of trial whatsoever. This is the same kind of uh, judicial, judicial system. You are expecting to give uh, Jovenel Moise or any of these neocolonial puppets a fair trial and a trial that's right by the people. You know, it's insane to, to put your faith in any aspect of the system. And then in addition to that, um, as you can see in the other articles, Jovenel was making a move to, to rewrite the Constitution anyway. And one of the things that he was proposing to write is that a, a president cannot be tried for something that he did while he was in office. So if that was going to be the solution, uh, we just would have never seen any kind of results. So there is no question of him being brought to justice. There also is no question of justice for Jovenel right now as he is murdered. You know, I have seen some organizations who were on the ground during different struggles of the past few years in Haiti, even them writing statements, sympathizing with Jovenel and his family. And it's just very confusing. And, you know, one thing that I always end every single article that I write for the Burning Spirit with is cut heads, burn houses. This is the slogan that Jean-Jacques Dessalines introduced to the revolution um, uh, that was being waged between 1791 and 1803. Cut heads, burn houses. All of them have to go. You know, all, all of the oppressors and anybody who sides with them has to go. We don't have time to be um, picking and choosing who we're going to feel sorry for, especially when they have shown us time and time again that they side with the oppressor. Jovenel Moise is someone when... Um, when Evelyn Sincere, who I also wrote about, was kidnapped, raped, and murdered as a result of the gangs that Jovenel has sponsored himself that terrorized the country, that um, have been reignited to, to shut down the resistance of the people that has been going on. Jovenel tweeted, uh, the police have only one job, which is to keep the bandits, that's the word that they use, to keep the bandits out of harm's way. And this is the person that people are trying to champion as someone that we need to feel sorry for or anything like that. So um, we say there won't be any of those kind of uh, emotions over here. You know, I know that ever since I was young, any article I have ever read about Haiti, any news report, any video, anything on radio that I have ever read about Haiti begins with Haiti, the poorest country in the Western hemisphere or Haiti, the poorest country in the Americas. And even as I have been trying to follow the different stories uh, for you know preparing for this presentation and just in general, I've come across that sentence every single time. It drives me crazy. And white media, they, they never tell you, okay, if Haiti is the poorest country in the Americas, if Haiti is the poorest country in the Western hemisphere, what makes it that way? They don't tell you that, you know, Haiti has been robbed and looted from ever since after the revolution. Haiti has been made to pay literally 
for having the revolution. The white world united against Haiti and, and forced Haiti to pay France reparations for the loss of property that they lost during the revolution. And the property that they were referring to was African people ourselves because in colonial slavery, African people were seen as property. We were the commodity. And so Haiti has paid over $90 billion in today's gold prices if you had to uh, convert it to France. You know, they also don't talk about the U, the United States that had that came into Haiti and stole every piece of gold that was in the Haitian treasury and brought it to New York City. So when you're talking about Haiti being the poorest country, you know, in the Americas or in uh, the Western Hemisphere, that is just a part of the propaganda. That is just a part of how they they want you to understand Haiti and, and Haitians and even us, you know, who are from Haiti. When we read this, that is information of how they want us to understand ourselves. And as I just mentioned, um, the Haitian Revolution, which was the first workers' revolution in the world, before there was the Vietnamese Revolution, before there was the Russian Revolution, before there was Cuba, you know, there was Haiti, there was IET, there were African people. African people made the first workers' revolution in the world. In IET, um, this was a 12-year process of relentless struggle extremely organized struggle, you know, revolutionary struggle. At the end, IET defended, uh, defeated, I'm sorry, three European superpowers, which included the, the British, the Spanish, and finally the French. And not only that, after the revolution, Jean-Jacques Dessalines said that any African, anywhere in the world, if you make it to Haiti, you will be free. That is what he said. He understood the question of the African nation. You know, he also sent Africans from IIT itself into other parts of the world, into the US, into other islands, into other places in the Caribbean and what they call Latin America and South America to wage struggles, to teach people, to train people, and just to, to bring an organized process to the revolutions that they were trying to make there. This is the real IIT that the media does not want to talk about because when you talk about IIT that way, it informs Black people of not only what we really are, what we're capable of, but what we need to do today and what our solutions is. You know, before I came to the party, before I came to the African People's Socialist Party, I never used this word, but after being in the party, I can recognize it, that I was a Haitian nationalist. I was very serious about, about Haiti and, and just what I, what I knew, you know, coming from family from Haiti, speaking Creole, all these things. So I was very passionate about that. And I was glad that I was um, eventually introduced to the theory of African internationalism that taught me that if I want to see victory for Haiti, you know, I have to see victory for all of Africa, you know, and that Haiti's victory is not going to be separate from any other place in the world. And that, you know, as significant and as great and wonderful as what IET did the first time, in 1804, we're not going to be able to do it again by ourselves this time. We have to tie our struggle. And then, of course, I'm telling you, other African people, too, that you have to stand. Uh, it's hard to say in solidarity because we're African people anyway, but in unity with the Africans of IET. We have to shut down all kinds of, you know, U.S. intervention. 
shut down all of the 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 slander and um you know just the disrespect even the 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 way Africans from IET ourselves are treated all of that has to be rejected we have to recognize that as you know white power and um if we're going to say we're 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 standing up for black power then we have to stand up for Africans in IET too so I'm making a call for um African people everywhere to join the African People's Socialist Party, adopt the theory of African internationalism as your own. Um, and again, kupetet bulekai, uhuru. You were listening to the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today we are discussing the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise and the way forward for the African Revolution. Next, we will hear from Louise Kinshasa, the Secretary General of the African Socialist International. S.G. Louise was born and raised in the Congo and speaks multiple languages. He is now based in London and works as an educator and organizer in the African communities throughout Europe and the continent of Africa. He writes a monthly column in the Burning Spirit newspaper titled The Kinshasa International. He also does regular live broadcasts to the African nation on Facebook in English and in French. We are in a very, very, very serious crisis. Crisis of parasitic capitalism. And this crisis is not our crisis. Uh, we don't have uh, to take this crisis uh, as our, our own, but the solution to this crisis is our own solution. That's really uh, is uh, uh, the first the first thing I would like to say. We watch the news uh, about what's going on in Haiti. Uh, you heard how the bourgeois uh, media they cannot miss a single opportunity to slander Haiti. Uh, lies after lies. Uh, nobody says that Haiti fed France. Haiti funded the French Revolution. They don't say the U.S. looted Haiti. They don't say anything like that. Haiti inspired their national liberation movement throughout the Americas. That's why you hear today of a Bolivarian uh, revolution and things like that. You don't hear anything like that. When we're looking at Haiti, we have to have a bigger picture, international uh, a picture, a world view of what's going on in Haiti. So basically, What's going on in Haiti is international, but the real, real, real significance of it is that it is an African question. And uh, it's as much as an African question, just like the war is going on in Mali is African question. The violence, you know, is going on in Nigeria against the people in Nigeria. Uh, you all know what's going on in South Africa, uh, a prizing rebellion taking place in South Africa. African question, the war in the Congo, African question. What's happening in Somali, African question. The killings on the streets of America, George Floyd, uh, Sarah Bland and other Africans were being killed there. That's the African question. You go to Chad, you go to Cameroon, you go to Central African Republic where the French and Russians are they competing for control of Central African Republic which is just uh, north of the border of, uh, of, of Congo. You go to Niger, where the U.S. has drones, you know, uh, to make wars uh, in that part of Africa. All these things 
make up the African question, which means that we are not happy, we are catching hell, we are powerless, because the African question has not been resolved. When I say the African question, it means black people have not consolidated what we call the black nation, the African nation, which means that we have not yet achieved national liberation. It means that the fundamental, the premise upon which the capitalist system uh, rests upon has not been overturned. It means that the United States, France, Britain, the whole capitalist system, the international capitalist system, which depend on colonization of all black people, of all Africa, has not been overturned. The relationship between Africans and our prices have not been overturned. This is the African question, which means you cannot see anywhere on the planet Africans being happy. You cannot see a genuine African personality. How Africans should really look like in the real world if Africans and Africa was united and free. This has not been done, has not been resolved. So what we have is a fake independence. We don't have a free Africa, it doesn't exist. There is no single free African country where when you need help, as Marcus Garvey used to say, we need to have uh, a black unity so that when we need help, you just press on the button and the power of a hundred of million black people come to your rescue. It does not exist. So that's the African question. That's why we're catching here on Haiti. That's why Haiti is in the mess, just like Africa is in the mess. You know, uh, that's why all, all those things. And uh, nobody, of course, the bourgeoisie does not want to tell the truth. And the bourgeoisie cannot tell the truth. It's not the interest to tell the truth. When they speak about Haiti, as I say, they slander. You know, they show all these chaotic, you know, uh, you know, bad images just to say something's wrong with us. They don't show you, they, they don't tell you that Napoleon, when he sends his generals and his troops in Haiti, uh, one of them's name was Rochambeau. He bought dogs uh, from colonizers in, uh, in Cuba, in Spain, uh, Spanish controlled Cuba. And those dogs were trained to feed on African people. That was Napoleon's response to African revolution. That we have to put down that revolution, same dogs. And uh, can you just imagine dogs being fed on us? Can you see the level of barbarity of carnage? But Africans responded, liberty or death. That's how Africans responded. No amount of violence can convince us to surrender. That's the lesson Haiti gave us. Of course, the bourgeoisie doesn't say anything like that. The bourgeoisie wants to demoralize, demoralize us. Whenever you watch the, the TV, that's what the bourgeoisie is about. You know, demoralize black people. See, see, since you became independent, since you made the revolution, nothing works. Of course. Nothing works because the United States and France attacked Haiti, never, never given Haiti the space that uh, Haiti needs. The world, as you know it, is changing. That's why you see the power of the United States is dying. The power of France is dying. 
the power of England is dying. That's what you see everywhere. You see new forces emerging. And uh, we, under the leadership, when I say we Africans, under the leadership of the Haitian Revolution, we launched that movement, the movement to, to smash international colonial capitalism and replace it with another system of workers. So Haiti gave the world the first successful workers revolution. You know, so the struggle between the future and the past was initiated in Haiti. And uh, as I say, this no event, an event, this is a process. Uh, you can see for yourself, it's a long process. Now we're reaching a new level in that process. We are in a place now we can fight in Haiti and we can fight in South Africa. We can fight in the United States. We can fight in Europe. We can fight in the Pacific Island at the same time with the same consciousness, which means with the same philosophy, the same organization. So we can fight with knowing that it's one revolution, is one trajectory, and it's one aim is to free the African nation and overturn forever the international parasitic colonial capitalist system, which gives happiness to our prices. And Haiti, as I said, launched that struggle. But that struggle, of course, is not over. That's what the crisis in Haiti telling us. It's not over. We're just now entering a new phase. That's the African question. Is everyone being part of the revolution or being in support of it? Because we have no future outside the revolution. The French, uh, the United States, all these forces and their collaborators, the African petit bourgeoisie everywhere, they represent the forces of the past. Who are the forces of the future? The African proletariat, the African workers in alliance with the African poor peasants. We are the forces of the future. The Black Revolution is the revolution of the future. And Haiti, as I said in the beginning, is a part of the African proletarian struggle where the African working class needs to emerge as the leader, uncontested leaders of the African revolution. This is where you see the struggles happening in Haiti, the mobilization uh, that's taking place there. Uh, you can see the response of the uh, imperialists and the puppets is to try to intimidate the people, uh, bring violence to the neighborhood of the working class and the poor peasant, uh, you know, bringing all these tontomakut things like that. It won't work because we are the African nation. You know, we used to say 1.5 billion people. Now we will begin to say soon to be over 2 billion people. And there is no force that can stop that. So we want African people uh, to understand that what's happening in Haiti is happening everywhere. It's happening where you are. There is no place where Africans are resident or where we live, uh, where there's a social peace. There isn't. There is no place like that. Just England, they lost the final yesterday and Africans were attacked because the Africans missed the penalties, but and Africans were attacked on the street, outside the stadium and things like that. And the reason they were attacked, just for the same reason Africans workers are being attacked in Haiti. 
because we have not completed the African National Liberation, which means we have not yet consolidated the international black state, the international African working class state, because the African nation to exist can only be led by the African workers, can't be led by any other social force. Uh, for the revolution to happen, it has to be led by the African workers, because African people bourgeoisie, if they are united with you today, you don't know if like, the day after or a week after, they will be with somebody else. You know, they are instable, uh, uh, a force that can't be loyal to the revolution until victory. You have to keep them and your leadership so you know they cannot harm the revolution. So you are in control. The African working class has to be in control. So this process, basically, uh, it's happening uh, everywhere. We don't want to hear that the United States is going to Haiti to help. We don't want to hear that. U.S. has been there, I don't know, for how many years, maybe 400 years. What you see in Haiti, that's the United States. That's the consequences of the United States intervention. So wherever we are, we should be up in arms. We do not want to see the United States in Haiti in any form, form of FBI or USAID in any form. We don't want the United States there. We don't want Canada there. We don't want France there. We don't want the UN there. We have to fight tooth and nails for our own solution. You don't, you don't see anywhere where people are saying we want black people from all over the world to be mobilized, to go to Haiti, to intervene in Haiti. You don't hear anything like that or a call to organize so we can have our own solution. We're saying that. Haiti needs an African solution. Haiti needs an African revolution solution. Haiti needs an African working class-led revolution. That's what we say. And the question of unity is not a small thing, brothers and sisters and comrades. The question of leadership is not a small thing. We cannot win without leadership, without revolutionary leadership. And we have it. We have the African Socialist International under the leadership of Chairman Omali Yeshitel. The question of leadership. We need to know who is the leadership. You can't just say you want a black people to unite. You go say black people united under African Socialist International, under Yeshitelism, under the leadership of Chairman Omali Yeshitel. We go be clear. We have our leader and leadership. We have our own party ready to provide the leadership for every single struggle of Black people everywhere. That was Louise Kinshasa, Secretary General of the African Socialist International. You are listening to the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today, we are discussing the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise and the way forward for the African Revolution. Next, we will hear from Penny Hess, the chairwoman of the African People's Solidarity Committee. Penny describes the legacy of European colonialism and the role of colonial expropriation in building white society. She calls for a self-criticism from white people in the form of reparations. 
We want to salute the historic, successful African revolution of Haiti victorious in 1804, which we have heard about so eloquently so far. And Chairman O'Malley Shatala has shown us that the African revolution of Haiti was one of the greatest revolutions in the history of the world. It was a revolution led by African workers who themselves were the property of the colonizers. And as, as Chairman O'Malley Shatela says, that means that they themselves were the means of production or the mode of production of the capitalist system forced to produce the vast wealth for France in what France called the Pearl of the Antilles made French people wealthy in, in France and white people around the world. And the Haiti revolution, and when they gained state power, they turned the colonial system right side up. They put white people under the leadership of the African working class state, and they actually liquidated colonial whiteness or this concept of racism by declaring in Haiti, in the Haitian constitution, that all citizens shall be known as black. So if white people would live in Haiti, they were under the leadership of the African working class. And French and US imperialism has punished Haiti ever since, forcing Haiti with the complicity of the white population of the US, France, Britain, and the world to pay reparations to France, as has been said, for African people stealing themselves, which was their property, they had, to, they had to pay reparations, quote unquote, in the form of billions of dollars of solid gold coin for the stolen property, which was African people themselves. The US has occupied and looted Haiti repeatedly and done many horrible things, including allowing for, former President William Jefferson Clinton to steal the millions, if not billions of dollars that was raised from, from people supporting the people of Haiti in the wake of the 2010 earthquake there. We, white people, owe reparations to African people for the stolen lives, labor, wealth, resources, land, and genius of African people that have provided life and livelihood for us under this brutal colonial system for the past 600 years. African internationalism teaches us that the stark difference in the conditions of life for white people and African people, wherever you look any place in the world, are welded together in one dialectical process that Chairman O'Malley Shatela has laid out. That capitalism was born of European colonialism. That white people leaving the shores of Europe began the assault on Africa in the 1400s with unprecedented violence, rape, plunder, kidnapping of African human beings, turn, turning African people into commodities for sale, forcing them into labor, stealing their gold, their resources, their land, their genius. And that this assault began in the 1400s and rapidly Europeans encircled the, the globe with genocide, slaughter, and terrorism, colonized the majority of the planet Earth. The, when, when white people came to South America, the Mayan people, the indigenous people, said that white people lust after gold like hungry swine. This is how capitalism was born. 
Chairman O'Malley Chatella tells us, this is what rapidly transformed Europe from a desolate, impoverished, isolated, feudal place into the center of the world's wealth and power. This is colonialism. African people are colonized, which means they are occupied by a foreign and alien state power for the purpose of gathering wealth for the occupier. Thus, white people, us, we are the colonizers wherever we are. In Haiti, in South Africa, Kenya, Tanzania, the Caribbean, Australia, right here in the US, Canada, South America, and of course in Europe, wherever white people are, we are the colonizers. We owe reparations to African people, not because of charity, but because our every dream and aspiration, everything that we take for granted, our social wealth, our houses, our college education, even what we say, our, our ideas, every, every myth that we have about ourselves requires the police murders, starvation, mass imprisonment, and suffering of African and other colonized people throughout the world. And this is true whether we are white women, whether we are working, whether we are LGBTQ, we are the colonizers getting our rights on the backs of African and other colonized and oppressed peoples. And we have been complicit. We have participated in this hideous colonial violence against African people around the world, inside the US, um, from, from cutting off the hands of African people and colonized Congo by Belgium or, or lynching African people right here in the US or picking up the gun against the indigenous people anywhere in the Western hemisphere. We have been uh, part and parcel of the US government and imperialism's colonial strategy of, of violence, terror, genocide and, and colonialism against African indigenous people. And the African revolution is the anti-imperialist movement of the whole world. The only force capable of destroying this violent, deadly imperialist system that brings so much suffering to the planet, which is even destroying this planet. Only the African revolution can and will usher in true socialism in the world. So I say this to white people everywhere, to the colonizers like myself, if we wanna change the world, if we wanna be part of future, on a planet without the oppressor and the oppressed, the African revolution is our revolution, uplifting all others. The African revolution is the revolution of the world. White people are not gonna make some kind of revolution of colonizers. Finally, I wanna say, it is profoundly in our interest to join the African revolution and our assigned front inside the colonizer nation and our self-imposed exile from the rest of humanity, make ourselves criticism to African people through reparations, returning the stolen loot, carry out our strategic mission behind enemy lines, returning the stolen resources, the African revolution, which is the in the process of taking self-government, self-determination, and freeing the world from this vicious parasitic capitalist system forever. Victory to African people, Victory to the African People's Socialist Party around the world. Go to uhurusolidarity.org for more information about the African People's Solidarity Committee and Uhuru Solidarity Movement. Unity through reparations, Uhuru. That was Penny Hess, Chairwoman of the African People's Solidarity Committee.
You are listening to the People's War Radio Show, produced by WBPU, Black Power 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. Today we are discussing the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise and the way forward for the African Revolution. Finally, we hear from Chairman Omali Yeshitela, leader of the African Socialist International and founder of the Uhuru Movement. I think it's important I mentioned the whole issue of African internationalism, our philosophy. And one of the distinguishing things about uh, our philosophy is the fact that we recognize the, the significance of colonialism, but that doesn't, that's not enough because a lot of people are able to talk about colonialism and even white liberals talk about colonialism and black liberals talk about colonialism and it's naughty or something to that effect. We're not talking about colonialism in that way. We're talking about colonialism as the foundation of the whole colonial capitalist system. Capitalism came into existing, resting on this foundation of colonial slavery that captured Africa, captured African people, dispersed us around the world, that created what we now know as the Americas, destroyed so many of the indigenous population and created what we now call countries in the process of creating a global economy based on uh, African enslavement. We're talking about uh, a social system and it's really important for us to understand this because one of the reasons we get pushed around so much and by people who are supposed to be those who love us, et cetera, is that we do not understand our own consequence in the world. We do not understand our own significance in the world as a political, powerful political uh, and economic force, as a powerful social force uh, that upon which the whole rotten system rests. Some people from our population have understood this. And Dessaline, uh, that was mentioned earlier, Kupete Bulekai, he understood this. He understood this perhaps better than anybody involved uh, in the Haitian Revolution. And this was one of the most magnificent, most uh, significant assaults that was made on the whole capitalist system it happened uh, right there in Haiti, of where uh, they were during a time where colonial slavery was the dominant economy. It was the global economy revolved around colonial slavery. The whole world economy as it exists now, we're talking about the world economy, uh, revolved around colonial slavery. And when the Haitian revolution happened and Africans in Haiti, uh, workers took power, some of whom did not speak French and would have been characterized as illiterate uh, under uh, standards that people, especially the petty bourgeoisie, like to throw at us today, took power and then changed the world. And when they took power, it was uh, it was it was it was something that shook the entire global economy. The economy of the world was shaken by that. Uh, it was shaken because, as it was said, that uh, Haiti was this lucrative looting uh, entity that was characterized by France as the pearl of the Antilles. They didn't talk about Haiti being the poorest place in the world. Uh, they talked about it being the pearl. This is where all kinds of loot, this fed uh, white people in France. This is the thing that made it possible for those uh, outside cafes, sidewalk cafes that France likes to brag about to occur. But it did more than that because in Africans who had been captured in, in colonial slavery in Haiti, some of whom were in Haiti were also in France at the time of the so-called French Revolution. And it was some of the philosophical uh, 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 involvement 
uh, intervention by Africans there that gave shape and, and form to the, to the so-called French Revolution. I know that's been talked about most of the time differently, and it is assumed that enslaved Africans in Africa, in Haiti rather, uh, came to understand and appreciate the question of freedom because of slogans that came from uh, the French Revolution uh, for the revolution uh, of, uh, of colonizers who were uh, living off the, uh, off the blood of African people uh, in Haiti. We're talking about a world that came into existence through colonialism. This is the birth of the whole colonial capitalist system. The system that we live under today, peoples around the world are dominated by the world and the world today came into existence through colonial slavery, colonialism. And so after the uh, colonial enslavement of African people, of the assault on Africa that dispersed Africans uh, throughout the world, we see that uh, European colonialism around the world is the base, is the way that this accumulation of resources that Karl Marx would refer to as the primitive accumulation of capital that was necessary uh, for capitalism to come into existence that he said uh, was had the same equivalent in, 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 in political uh, economy uh, as, as, as original sin in, in theology. That colonialism or this, this turning of Africa into a warrant for the commercial of hunting of black skins. And then he gave other kinds of examples of attacks on peoples around the world that brought all kinds of resources to Europe uh, that changed the world. And it dragged, this was the process that dragged feudal Europe uh, uh, into a, a new place and connected the whole world into a single economy. And I can't say enough about feudal Europe because we're talking about Europe, they used to call it the dark ages during this time. And Europe was living under the worst kinds of, of impoverished, uh, disease-ridden despotism that you can imagine. In Europe, we had situations where people literally uh, went, uh, uh, a system that lasted for close to a thousand years where people were so poor uh, that many of them actually went naked because they had nothing to wear. So this is the Europe that prides itself now as being the beacon of civilization and democracy uh, that would have you believe that they could solve the problem uh, in Haiti, that would have the world to believe that Africans are catching hell in Haiti uh, because the white people lost power there and that Africans in South Africa are involved in this huge struggle because the white people are not formally in power there. This is what they would have us to believe. When the truth of the matter is that Europe uh, has some semblance of some semblance, some a bare semblance of uh, civility uh, uh, as a consequence of this, this attack on Africa uh, and, and African people uh, globally. So this is what we're looking at. We are African internationalists and we say that the whole social system, capitalism, all your communist friends, uh, all the white people who love you, who talk about how they oppose to capitalism and capitalism is the problem in, in, in Haiti and capitalism is the problem for everything we see, uh, they have to be made uh, to, 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 to recognize and to admit that all the capitalism that they're talking about has as its foundation the enslavement of colonized Africans and peoples around the world. Can you imagine uh, the existence of capitalism without the theft of this land that we are on now, that white people are not indigenous to this land, uh, till, you know, like 56 million indigenous people? This land that we live on, can you imagine capitalism without, without Haiti? 
capitalism without what the colonial uh, uh, domination of what we refer to as Venezuela of, of, of the United States, uh, it's impossible to imagine because it couldn't have happened. It happened, this is where the resources came from. This was, is what created the whole social system. So all of what you see in terms of political and, and ideological uh, and, and, and economic articulations around the world, the whole world political and economic configurations uh, owes itself uh, to colonial slavery, colonial capitalism, colonialism uh, is the basis for that. And under this system, because now it's no longer just the France, it's no longer just an England, it's no longer just uh, uh, these single entities out there by themselves, the world is now locked into a single economy. What dragged Europe out of this, this feudal uh, misery that it existed in uh, was colonialism. And colonialism uh, is a mode of production. It created a, a whole new world. Uh, economy emerged around colonialism. And everything that happens, all the politics, all the struggles. So we see something happening in Haiti now. Uh, and and the, 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 the government over, overturned the, the assassination of the president. Uh, who is a, was a neo-colonial president. There's no way you can paint that differently. You, you see happening in South Africa where Jacob Zuma, uh, who was uh, of the African National Congress, uh, has uh, gone to jail. Zuma, who was uh, perceived by some to be this uh, great anti-apartheid revolutionary, et cetera, and who became president, and now he's gone to jail. But all of this happens within the structures of the whole colonial capitalist system. Nothing that happened in South Africa overturned that system. Uh, to just get rid of apartheid, which is what the ANC proclaimed to have done, uh, and which is what all the liberals were, uh, were wanted to happen, to just get away around apartheid was to simply get around the form of the colonial state, uh, which meant that now the uh, colonialism, uh, the capitalist system in South Africa, uh, it has black managers as opposed to the white settler managers uh, who were there uh, holding the political reins. And this uh, is something, of course, that happened as a consequence of more and more Africans coming to revolutionary consciousness. And in order to head it off, to give people something short of the revolution, to give them a constitution and to give them black people managing the same system of exploitation and oppression that used to be managed by white people. Same situation there. Look at the conditions of African people there. And white people still own the vast majority of the land there and still have the vast majority of the resources there. And the working people are still oppressed and still living in shacks and shanties while all kinds of resources are, dra are dragged from the earth on a regular basis that go uh, to white people, to Europe, to the colonizers. It's the form of the state change. So they call it democratic state now that provides nothing for the African working class or for the majority of the African people overall. And I wanted to say that what you see happening in Haiti uh, could very well be the petty bourgeois fighting among themselves inside the same social system. And you end up crying over this one as opposed to that one. It could be something that might be considered even more sinister in terms of a certain direct kind of intervention. You got a situation in the world today uh, because the whole, uh, it is a global uh, a colonial capitalist system uh, that uh, things are running amok as far as white power is concerned. 
Everything is in disarray. The crisis is so deep, there's no place you can look in the world where white power it, that is not responsible for some crisis that's been experienced by white power. Whether that's what's happening uh, with the people in China who are encroaching uh, on what white power has considered in the United States in particular, uh, its uh, domain uh, in Africa, in terms of economic advancements there and, and, and also uh, in Asia, what we uh, are seeing is this, this crisis, this deep crisis. It's, it, you can see it in Venezuela, you can see it in Colombia, massive people rising up in Colombia against that setup that the United States government is, is primarily responsible for. Uh, you can see uh, a crisis happening as a consequence of, uh, of, of the U.S. having to get out uh, of Afghanistan after more than 20 years, 25 years or so, uh, making war against that impoverished people and still unable to conquer and, and losing ground uh, throughout the Middle East. This is a whole nasty crisis for them, uh, the crisis that they have to contend with uh, in Iran, whose future they at, were determined to uh, they had uh, determined to uh, uh, to define for themselves through the overthrow in the 1950s of uh, uh, Mossadegh, Mohammed Mossadegh, and put in place uh, uh, the person who the Iranians, uh, the Shah, who the Iranians had to eventually overturn to be able to take uh, some custody of their country for a time, for a bit of a time. Now the U.S. has lost that. The U.S. has lost Iraq, uh, and so it's experiencing serious crisis. And every time it loses one place. We see uh, strength being gathered, momentum being gathered for revolutionary movement in other places. So part of what we will be seeing in some instances is the U.S. and the imperialist forces moving to try to uh, cut their losses, moving to get rid of, as Comrade Elikia mentioned earlier, uh, any even neo-colonial puppet that was supposed to be serving them. Uh, if, if that force has become uh, a liability, if that presence there, uh, it has uh, led to masses of people rising up with the potential of the government being overthrown and then somebody coming into power, some force coming into power uh, that would work against the interests of the United States, then you can see how yeah, they would have an interest in getting rid of Jovanov. And you know that may or may not offer some explanations for this, uh, this strange event that occurred there, the so-called, uh, with the assassination of Jovanov and uh, by what they call this uh, a squad of professional hit persons that was so professional that uh, that uh, they kill him according to their story uh, and some 20 of them just hang around uh, waiting to go to jail and get captured uh, etc uh, with no exit plan nothing etc so that's 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 part of how i think we have to understand this and we have to understand uh, uh, the need to build uh, the african socialist international so that every place in the world, African can be engaged in making a revolution. Revolution is the only way forward. We're gonna to have to take power. We're gonna to have to create new social systems. We're gonna to have to understand that even within our colonized communities, there are uh, sectors uh, who have different class interests than the majority of the people. They have been created by this relationship, by this imposition of this this uh, uh, economy uh, born of colonialism being imposed on us and having a sector of the population having given it a stake in the continuing existence of this whole social system. We believe that the African revolution is one revolution. And not only is it the African revolution, it is the leadership of the world revolution uh, because the entire global economy revolves around colonialism. 
and African people are so strategically located as a consequence of the, the attack on Africa that dispersed African people all around the world. And every place you find us, we are suffering. And what we lack is revolutionary organization uh, that's, that is guided by revol advanced revolutionary theory. And that's what this is about. That's what all the work that we've been doing uh, is about as well. The African Socialist International does exist. And we exist not only in the United States, we are also uh, in Southern Africa. We are in West Africa. We are in East Africa uh, and growing in various other places of Africa. And we are also in the Caribbean. We are in Europe. The objective uh, is to build the capacity to take our own freedom. Because like you, I'm tired of just simply being able, having to come uh, to empty discussions and hoping uh, that somebody will intervene or something will intervene uh, to our benefit. Uh, recognize that the African Africa will be free uh, by leadership of the African working class uh, that has access and control of its own uh, revolutionary uh, organization uh, in the form of the African People's Socialist Party, which is an organization of professional revolutionaries who come from uh, different kinds of occupations, uh, but whose profession is revolution, whose commitment uh, to uh, the overturning of this oppression of our people uh, to uniting uh, with the oppressed peoples of the world, with others who are colonized. Uh, this commitment is ironclad. Uh, and our objective is to win. Our objective uh, is to take power over our own lives. Our objective is to put the power to govern and the actual capacity to govern uh, in the hands of the African working class. With that, ease way late to uh, E-Africa, One Africa, one Nation, Uhuru. That was Chairman Omali Yeshitela of the African People's Socialist Party. You have been listening to today's episode of the People's War Radio Show. On this episode, we heard excerpts from a July 12th webinar sponsored by the African People's Socialist Party entitled Haiti, Global Black Revolution. You can view the entire webinar on the Burning Spear TV YouTube channel. Our theme song, Colonial Virus, was written and performed by Elika Ngoma. Thanks to the People's War Radio Show production, research, and promotions team, including Dexter Mnemwengu, Jaja Robinson, Empress Livewire, and Ahipsa Pond. This has been the People's War Radio Show. Produced by WVPU Black Power Radio at 96.3 FM in St. Petersburg, Florida. WVPU is a project of the African People's Education and Defense Fund. The baddest nonprofit on the planet. Whose mission is to defend the human and civil rights of the African community. And address the grave disparities faced by African people in education, health care, and economic development. For more information on the African People's Education and Defense Fund, visit apedf.org. Episodes of the People's War Radio Show are available on the Black Power Talks podcast. For updates and resources to fight the coronavirus or to volunteer with Project Black Onk, visit developmentforafrica.org. Thank you for listening. Colonial virus, mass incarceration, that's colonial virus.